Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you download and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It was the night before Thanksgiving, and Survivor gave us an emotional episode that was filled with strategy galore. It's time to talk all things Survivor 43, and joining me is someone who blindsides me daily. It's Andrew Orsi. How are you? I'm okay. Just okay? Just okay. I can't really get much further than that. Why? What, the, what world is all, the world is constantly falling apart. I, you know. But there's I'm, a cup you can drink out of. The there is a cup. cup. There is a cup. I'm very happy with that. But it also means that I'm waking up at like 8 a.m. every day to watch it. Um, and that's oh, that's not like my usual body thing. So I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, do you scream out goal at 8 a.m. in the morning? Not by myself. No. If no, I had friends no. over, I would. Are you uh, supporting a specific team? Not for the win. Um, I was I, like in some individual matches I'm rooting for people. I was rooting for Argentina in the game that they just won because... Mm-hmm. Lionel Messi is one of the greatest players of all time and I would like to see him get out of the group stage of this World Cup in his <laughs> final World Cup uh so I'm rooting for them in that sense but I you know I like Messi I don't know that I care about Argentina as a team mm-hmm. um I tend to in World Cups get really excited about the like underdog Cinderella story teams the tiny countries that nobody expects that suddenly make it out of their group stage and mm-hmm. are in mm-hmm. contention so I'll probably root for whoever does that does the World Cup help you learn about countries in the world that you had no idea about? No. But See, that's also, why I love Eurovision, because I learn about places I don't know. I mean, it would, but I was a geography bee kid, so I know so all then the then why countries. did you not teach me about Moldova yet? <laughs> I don't know. You didn't ask me about Moldova. You know my obsession with Moldovan folk pop rock. Do I? Uh, yes, you do. Okay. I've sent you multiple yeah Multiple i don't always click videos. the links i i am aware because you would be obsessed with moldovan folk pop rock as well would i okay you sure would well we're not here to talk about world cup we're not here about talking about eurovision we're here to talk about survivor season 43 are we enjoying it do we like it uh not as much as 41 or 42. Yeah, that's how I am. And I think it's because um, I don't love the players yeah. as much. They're playing good games. I just don't care for them. I think there's two parts to this that my friends that I watch with and I have been theorizing. Number one, I just think that this particular cast, the people with personality got voted out early. Uh huh. Um, so we're left with right now what feels like kind of a bunch of game bots. But mm-hmm. also, I think in the new era, and it's been particularly egregious this season um, with the flashbacks, they're using those in place of the way they used to do personal content, which rather than just we're going to tell you this whole person's backstory, they were just showing you the person's personality. So you mm-hmm. became more invested in them as an sure. active human on the island versus now it's just like, yes, every one of these players has some 
emotional story with pictures of their family. And then other than that, all we hear from them is strategy. So like, why do I care about them? They're doing this because the heads at Viacom said, look, Drag Race is winning all of these awards by being an emotional show with emotional backstories. Let's try it on Survivor. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not the same. No. Because they're not talking in a mirror. If they were talking into a mirror, then it would be the same. I don't know. I think it's a little ham-fisted in Drag Race too, but that's a different conversation. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. It sure is. Because when you watch as much as I do and you have the the same plot line in the same week on two different franchises, (laughs) you're like... I see what you're doing. It's almost like they've spread themselves too thin. <laughs> this, when, when, when I got like two weeks in a row of two shows giving me dad plot lines, I was like, no, you mm-hmm. can't give me the same show right now. I'm on mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> they should just hire me to, to make sure they don't overlap. Yeah, send them an email. Yeah, I will. Or I'll like, tell them, I noticed that you did this. This was a mistake. I can I'll, help you avoid this. I will tell them when I go to DragCon in London there. in a few weeks. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, World of Wonder does look at my Instagram sometimes, so you never so know. So you're halfway there, living on oh, a prayer. Oh, yeah, I'm living on prayer. Um, let's dive into this episode, because it's a fun one. I, I enjoy this, uh, this one. Some stuff um, happened. It was a dramatic tribal after the first group of four returns after voting out James. Noelle thinks James's exit was a bit too dramatic. And I mean, she's not wrong. He was a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, he was a little bit petty about it. But also, like, I mean, he was he was trying to play to win. You know what I mean? I would rather have somebody have emotions invested in the game and be a little angry when they get voted out than like a bunch of people who don't care. Sore loser. That's, That's fine. I enjoy a sore loser. I want. Oh, my God. Are you going to be a sore loser? Maybe. You're on. I'm going to punch you people. out. I'm going to punch you in the face. When you, you, would, you would. Now, as Carla knows, she was supposed to be out of the loop, but clearly she was in it. Owen and Noel will apologize to Carla for not telling her about said plan, but Sammy told her last minute. She's frustrated as it is the first time she has been left out of a vote. Now, the second group of four are back and the first group finds out that Ryan is gone. Cassidy is safe. And Cassidy is feeling good that voting out Ryan finally came to fruition. It was made sweeter by the fact that he was trying to blindside her, but she got to him first. We knew it was going to happen. I mean, it was the Cassidy and Ryan storyline and Ryan has been undercut left and mm-hmm. right in his strategic thinking versus Cassidy has not. So I think his strategy was yeah. clams. Yeah. Do you think he ate all the clams? No. And I think that was his problem. I think he didn't realize that when you are the provider, you should also just eat it all. Um, the provider doesn't work as a strategy anymore ever since Rupert. So he didn't give everyone at Ponderosa clams to make like a festive clam bake. No, I, I, he's never he's never fishing again. He's given up on fishing. Yeah. I talked to him. Oh, did you really? I wow. Did. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure many, many, many homosexuals are jealous of you. <laughs> now on the beach, Carlo explained to Cassidy and Jesse that James got fooled, and it was why he didn't use his knowledge as power advantage. Uh, so this is now like the fourth time; it just does not work. Let's get rid of it. No more. I know. I'm worried that they're going to keep pushing it until it does work, but I don't want it to work. It's created. This one wasn't necessarily a particular dramatic moment. This just created like a blindside where people were trying to get it out of the game. It created two very successful dramatic moments unintentionally by not working. Let's leave it. Let's leave it. (laughs) Jesse is feeling good how things shook up as he knows where everything is. He has two of the idols and knows that Carla has one of them as she was allegedly going around looking for beads. Not sure what transpired for him to know this, but okay. um, There's only so much that the show can show. Yeah. Um, I had been been led to understand from 
what Reddit said about some extra scenes that actually they had said that Lindsay had gotten that idol and it was out of the game kind of thing. But I guess somebody from Blue spilled the beans or I don't know. Unclear. So basically what you're saying is Carla's idol is a non-plot line. Kind of. Kind of. I don't know. The fact that it's getting mentioned again, though, makes me wonder if it'll have relevance. Yeah. Now. Jesse will tell Noel that he thinks Sammy is overplaying his hand and she is confused as Sammy was in the majority and Jesse believes he's trying to play every single angle all while Jesse, Cody, and Giebler are riding in the middle. Jesse thinks he's insulated well as he has good relationships all around and I thought with him saying this that he feels great where he is. I was like, is that the famous the last words? Is he a goner this episode? Unclear, right? Uh-huh. Now we're just going to journey right to the challenge um, as we get this incredible drone shot. I was like, I'm salivating. That was stunning. Yeah, the drone work has been like next level since the the reboot. <laughs> Would you, if you saw the drone flying past your head, try to hit it with with your bag? Yes, um, mostly because I am like a cat. So if things are flying around or dangling in front of my face, I swat at them. So I would I like would... it just went yeah. right <laughs> across. I was like, this is so cool. Uh, and yes, Jeff was flirting with Carla as she complimented his black shirt. Um, I don't think he has a chance. You know, he can still try. He can try. <laughs> I just don't think he realizes that she has a partner that is not a male. Jeff is a little bit clueless about a lot of things. Yeah, he is. Um, for this reward challenge, they will spin inside a metal frame as they wind a buoy toward them. They will then race through a series of obstacles to collect the sandbag and then race to get the sandbag on top of a tall tower. First person to do so wins reward as they will be playing for a trip to the Survivor Sanctuary where they will enjoy gross pizza, cheesecake, brownies plus beer and wine they will spend the night there for a proper night's sleep with pillows and blankets good prize good prize um how would you do in this challenge i don't i mean this is the survivor uh they have finally adapted bowl arena for survivor um so it's here they sure darn did i would probably be awful not that i wouldn't be able to get like i would get through all of it i would be tossing the sandbag but i would never land the sandbag now this one was a cool battle and that thing looks like something you would see in a playground. Yes. But like a really new fangled playground where they have some of the like up and coming playground equipment. (laughs) What are the mechanics of this? What is the strategy? Because like the bowl arena, you're like on the ground feet on the ground. You can spin around this. You, you were in, I think Owen had it the best because wasn't Owen the first one off. He was literally like twerking his butt back to get momentum as he swung it around. Right, because then you had Carla on the opposite side who was like putting her foot down, but it slows the momentum as you're doing it. So Mm -hmm. I I guess it's a new challenge here. So it's a new, we got the Redditors who are going to have to figure out how to hack it when they build their own. You know what? Um, They needed something to do anyway. (laughs) They sure did. They sure did. Uh, So yeah, it is a fairly even match as Cody, Noel, and Owen are starting off strong, but um, watching them try to catch themselves after they get off the mechanism, quite funny. Um, Weevil wobbles, wobble, and they fall down and down. Um, It's an easy battle over to the net and onto the beam. And this will be the Noel challenge as we will focus on her inability to conquer the balance beam. Uh, This is the shit that gets Jeff wet. I know. I was so uncomfortable. Like... Knowing how the challenge ends, less so, but like while it was happening, it was like, are we literally just saying we made zero accommodations for this person's disability and we are just going to highlight how much it's making it hard for them? So so (laughs) I want to discuss this because I have like every single episode where 
um, we've discussed the challenge, I've noted they have shown Noel struggling or mm-hmm. having an, an issue or a falter. It's like, why are we doing this? Is it for Emmy bait or is it mm-hmm. obviously we it was all a setup to get to this moment? Yes. Now I really do want to know what she is and isn't allowed to do when it comes to her legs. Can she bring them both with her? Or if is it a situation where she has to pick and choose and hope she picks the right one? Um yeah, interesting. I because the other leg would have been fine because she would have been able to bend. This one she couldn't bend. Right. I don't know. Uh I I I we've never had a situation where something like where someone would have to go off the challenge course to like sub in a body part. <laughs> right. Cause like I, I could imagine like there there's an opportunity for production to be like, okay, we'll bring it with us. And if you need to switch it out, we'll switch it out. Um, is that fair to the other competitors? Who cares? But I just wonder, like, what is the rules when it comes to Noel as a contestant? Um, yeah. Because we've seen her use both legs. Yeah. So it's, it's I also, guess it is a question of how she decides. Yeah. I mean, it's also just that question of, like, how could they have, how could they put the challenge on at least somewhat of an equal footing? God, had terrible, <laughs> terrible choice of words. I have to go. I'm going to. Wow, you did it. You did it. Oh, like, wow. but how could they give her an equal level, like a playing field? You know what I mean? She needs to be yeah. at least somewhat on the same playing field. It should not be this thing of like, you are a differently abled person. And therefore, hey, if you want to win the challenges, you got to overcome extra. Like that just, <laughs> I don't love the message there. Right. Um, But no matter what, She's going to be our focus. Yes. But first, Cody's going to be over first. Owen will finish, but Jeff tells him that he has to go back and finish the beam. And I want to replay on that one because I thought he was over. I don't know why yeah. Jeff was making him do it again. I thought he also, like, I thought he jumped to the end of I it. Did. But, like, you, I, they, people have always been allowed to jump the end right. of the balance beam. Eventually, everyone will get past the balance beam and have the hardest time to get the bag on the tower, which will allow us to focus more on Noelle and her ultimately triumphant journey through this challenge. Now we have a good portion of the challenge where the camera focuses on her. And I'm like, why are we watching this? She's out. Like, surely someone's going to nail this bag. Nope. <laughs> now, Noelle through the tears will get the sandbag, but due to the mechanics of her leg, she has to drop off the balance beam and then try to do the balance beam again because she literally could not bend over to do it and get mm-hmm. back on. She'll get encouragement from her tribe mates as they are all so close, but yet so far. Noelle will manage to finish the balance beam. Then somehow out of nowhere, her leg will start to sweat off, but it doesn't matter. She nails it. Yep. She comes from behind and wins reward. Is this the greatest comeback in survivor history? Jeff will probably tell you. Yeah. Jeff wants every comeback to be the greatest comeback in survivor history. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can think of several others that were also like incredible. Like Cass winning the final four immunity challenge was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Cass uh, overall would be considered far less athletic than Noel. Noel, regardless of her disability, a is a Paralympian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, there's, no, there's nothing surprising to me about the fact that Noel could win a survivor challenge. Yeah. Versus, um, you know, other comebacks in the past with somebody who we didn't expect uh, to ever win anything uh, can be much more. Suri is the woman who got off her couch and played. Noelle yes. is. What's Jeff going to make? What is oh, what is Jeff going to use for the rest of time with Noelle? I don't know. 
I want to sure say, I like want to say it's like she comment. voted off her leg. <laughs> <laughs> now, as Jeff says, this is what the game is about. And this will be the clip that Survivor will send to all Emmy voters. You know that yeah. this is the clip that everyone will get. And if Survivor gets nominated in the next Grammy season, Grammy season, Emmy season, it's because of this. <laughs> if Survivor this. wins a Grammy, this is the moment that did it. Hey, listen, they should have won a Grammy for uh, season one song. It was really good. Yeah, for Ancient Voices. Absolutely. Yeah. Ancient Voices should have earned several Grammys and been performed live at the Grammys. Thank you very hey, much. Hey, there's still time. 50th anniversary of the show. Noelle will uh, go to Jeff, who asks her if she felt she couldn't do it. And she says she was crying and didn't know if she could. She says she goes into every challenge thinking she can't do it. But if it were her with two legs up there, she would and wasn't succeeded, she would have quit. She says everything she has learned since her accident just motivates her. Jeff reminds her that she has an afternoon and an evening at the sanctuary and then tells her that she gets letters from home. Why not keep that as a surprise? Usually Um, it's a surprise. Yeah. It is. You're right. I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, do you think it affected who she picked? Definitely. I do too. That's why I wish he didn't say it. I think Owen was the only one that she picked because he hadn't gotten food. I think the other two were because it was a family thing. Yeah. All right. So she's going to get to pick first. It's going to be Sammy, then Jesse and Owen. Uh, leaving Gabler, Cassidy, Carl and Cody to be sent back home with no reward. Did she make the right picks? No. I mean, based on should, the end no. of the episode, no. Um, in the moment, though, uh, should she let, have left? I, I understand her her intentions behind picking Sammy. Yes. Um, and I don't think Jesse's a bad pick either because Jesse is an ally of hers from the beginning. They've been on but the same when tribe. When was the last time Jesse and Noel were actually on the same side of something? I mean, that's the question. But you know, She's trying blind here. If she was trying to win him back, I could see that because Jesse has had a lot of control in the votes. Um, I would have picked someone like Cody or Carla as, rather than Owen. I don't think Owen has had leverage in the game for a while. No. <laughs> All right, we're going to start at the sanctuary. Uh, the sign of that hut, very cheap looking. Uh, arts department, do better. <laughs> also, speaking of cheap, no bed. Nope. Here, have a net hammock for your back and yeah. not even a cushion or a cover. Um, good night's sleep, my ass, Mr. Jeffy. Where, where, how are we supposed to have a good night's sleep? What happened Perfectly. to the mattresses? We can't afford them. They're, in, they're not in the budget. Mattresses, gone. There's no, there's no rice. There's no mattresses. Two things cut from Survivor. <laughs> Now they're going to cheers to Noelle as they chug and glug and eat gross, nasty pizza. Owen says that the feast was what they needed, but the main event were the letters from home. Who would send you a letter from home? I don't know. I mean, probably my mom. My dad would write like two sentences at the bottom of it. Um, and then I'd probably have one from my Survivor Watch Party crew. And maybe I'd get one from you if you chose to. Would you write one to me? Probably. Would you you say, were on the show and you got that far. Would it be, hey, Michael, hope you're not sucking. Bye. See Most likely. Show. It would be something like that. Yeah. Mine would never, I would never be able to write the sappy letters that people have read out in the past. Like I would just be Why? like. Why? Do you not have a heart? No. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> now. They get their envelopes. And they're going to have multiple letters. And Owen says they are an opportunity to pause and reflect and have a minute to breathe because the speed of the game has been relentless. And Owen will have his letter from his girlfriend and his parents. And they're going to hit him like a freight train. And we learn that his girlfriend is named Sammy. And that's not to be confused with his island boyfriend, Sammy. 
Sammy with a Y, not Sammy with an I. Mm, they're the same. They're the same. Now, Jeffy, Jesse is sobbing like a baby. He says he's been best friends with his wife since middle school, and the last time they communicated by letters was in a different situation as he was in juvenile detention. Now he has a house, two kids, and an amazing life, so it's hard for him to leave that behind. We're going to continue and learn a little bit more about, about Jesse, that he hasn't gone a day without her in his adult life, and that any decision he makes is with her. Now that he's out there alone, he's deciding on his own and doubting himself while trying to find his footing. And he says the letters are amazing and fills him up and gives him the boost to keep going. We're going to focus a lot on Jesse in these letters. We're going to focus a lot on Jesse in this episode. It's true. Sammy's letter has his dad saying he gave up some food items while he was gone while Noelle's mom has been watching the weather praying for dry and calm seas and comfortable temperatures. That's really sweet. I mean, you, we don't really get to know how the loved ones are reacting while they're while they know you're gone mm-hmm. um i would probably be that person too who would like watch the weather and be like okay this is a good day for them oh no this is gonna be a bad day what's going on now jesse will share that one of his kids told him to get that money baby and that will now be his mantra moving forward during the game and i hope he has put it on a t-shirt to sell or tattooed it on his butt i'm sure he will do that now, after sharing the moment, Sammy is ready to think about the game. He says that he will not break off and he would like to get Cassidy out next. He does not want to flop back. Why? I mean, we all know you're flopping, but why would you say those words out loud? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good episode for Sammy. Uh, this is where we see Samity's. Samity's? Samity. <laughs> this is where we see Sammy's immaturity uh, coming out. This is where we are aware that this is a 19 year old. Yes. Um, Noelle will tell us that Sammy's a flipper and it's playing the middleman. She thinks taking him was a way to keep him comfortable so he doesn't scramble as she hopes this will solidify that he wants to work with her. Which is very funny when we know who she will vote for. <laughs> Owen will pitch a 3-3 split on Cassidy and Carla in case Carla has an idol. Noelle wants to get things started out the strategic and get the strategic threats out. They'll be golden. But Noelle is terrified that the girls are saying her name. So let's find out how the pizzaless foursome of Cody, Gabler, Cassidy, and Carl are doing. Now, Cody may or may not be jealous that those other people are having a memorable time as they are going to be miserable and tired and not talk as much. He says that wars, negotiations, and sales are all done over breaking bread. He's a fascinating human. He's very interesting, and he's his edit is very interesting. There are times when they make him look like a dumbass, and then there's yeah. times when I'm like, oh, he's actually maybe like Mensa. Yeah. And I don't know where to place him in my potential no. winner rankings because of it. Because I'm like, sometimes he's a weirdo character who's mm-hmm. like surfer bro through and through. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's his savvy. He's talking about being a salesperson and how he did that. And he outlines like a perfect strategy and snows everyone around him. Crazy. Now, could I will tell the other three that he's glad to spend time with them as he hasn't had that much of a chance to. And then immediately he's like, so strategy, Sammy sketch, right? Huh? Yeah. Carl says he's all over the place, while Cassie shares that she has built no trust with Noelle and Owen, to which Cody calls Owen her new Dwight. Remember Dwight? I do. So much promise. So much promise. Poor Dwight. Didn't really get as much time as he probably deserved. Cassie says it seems like a total loss to not getting a reward, but she believes that there is a reason and a silver lining that they can find that they are here. So Cassie and Cody are off on a walk to find out where his head is at, and she wants to get out the big threats and names Noelle. Cody says that he wouldn't want to sit next to her. 
And Cassie thinks she's gaining momentum the longer she's there and has the ability to cook up more stuff. She doesn't want her to have another chance to make a big move and build a resume. Now, obviously, when they discuss that they don't want to sit next to her, it's because of the sympathy mm-hmm. votes. They can't I mean, see those it's words. the same discussion that was had about Kelly B in Nicaragua. It was, mm-hmm. you know, just no one has threatened to knock her leg off. Not yet. I yeah, mean, there's maybe, still time. Nayanka can still emerge from the bushes any episode now. Hey, she is probably in. Feasible. We saw in the next time on Survivor, something, something's coming in on a boat. It might be Nayanka. It, it sure could be. And and listen, we don't know what's at Ponderosa. We don't get those videos anymore. Correct. Bastards. <laughs> so. Cassidy wants to keep her allies strong, but she has no idea where Gabler is at and needs to have his vote as it's critical for her. So now she's with Gabler and Carla and asks who he sees and who he wants to move forward with and how he feels about Noelle. And he says he likes her and she is a hero inside the game. I hate Gabler. Gabler's another strange one. Cassidy will float out the idea of not wanting to sit next to her, but Gabler is like, we will see who wins tomorrow and then we will make a decision tomorrow. I would have so much trouble on the beach with him because I am the kind of person I want a definitive option right now. I don't care about tomorrow. You can tell me who wins or loses then, but I want to know what we're going to do right when we that moment happens. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I think you have to understand the people that you're playing with. And I'm sure I, the thing that I think they all have going for them at this point is that they've been in the merge long enough that they know Gabler yeah. is a little bit non-committal and wishy-washy. And so you probably know you have to approach it that way. Believe me, I will say one thing about hosting a podcast is I have gained tolerance, <laughs> especially when it comes to people and schedules. Yeah. Wishy-washy is the name of the game. And listeners, if you bail on one of my big podcasts, you're not coming on for a recap. <laughs> it's out there. All right. So Cassidy wants to vote with Gabler, who believes he's positioned himself in a good spot as both sides want his vote and neither side is voting for him. He's got options. And this is now what? The third time he said this in like three yeah. episodes? Yeah. Um. So is that foreshadowing that he's going to be the option at some point? I don't think so. I don't see a situation where Gabler's not in the final three at this point. Jagatondra. Sorry. Um, can I say something and you're going to be insulted? Probably. You're giving me Gabler vibes with a mustache. Okay, it's not even remotely the same. You can't just go, oh, you have facial hair and he has facial hair. You're it the is. same person. It is. It's, yeah. All right, it's time for another challenge. Time for immunity. For this challenge, with one hand, they will study a balancing board while simultaneously building a house of cards with the other hand. The first player to build a house of cards high enough wins immunity. How would you do in this one? Because there's a reason why I'm not a doctor in the family, as I do not have a steady hand. For sure not. This would be bad for me. I'd be like, I'm just going to sit here. I would have several panic attacks in the middle of trying to stay still. Like, I am not. I... It's, I, it's not that I don't have a steady hand, but doing that sort of intensive thing for that length of time, no way. Absolutely not. I can be so calm, so relaxed. And if you look at my hand, it's just always shaking. Like it's yeah. just, that's what my body does. Because you know that that challenge went for at mm-hmm. least a solid 20 minutes. We had a whole montage of houses of cards falling over, towers oh, of cards. Oh, it's at least 28 minutes because we got yeah. to a 28 minute mark. So. Right, you're right. Um, What is the strategy here? I mean, I think the strategy is get it, figure out. I think the strategy is try a few things quickly 
with the knowledge that everyone's going to fail while they're getting their footing, but your things that you're trying are like, what is the strongest foundation? What is the strongest way to start? How do I approach? You know what I mean? Rather than just randomly stacking cards, you need to be strategically trying structures and seeing how much that structure can withstand of you moving up and down. Now, Jeff will tell them they will most certainly drop at least once. And I would be like, shut up, man. Noel Jeff doesn't drop. know how to shut up during a challenge. What do you think's yeah. happening? Noel will drop. Carla will drop. It's a pretty boring challenge as there's a lot of dropping. So they're going to do a montage with the sound of what sounds like falling coins as a Foley effect <laughs> when I'm pretty sure that these are made of wood. I don't know. I'm not sure that they're made of wood. You think they're metal? Not maybe not metal, but but like a ceramic kind of thing, possibly. I'm not sure. I don't Is know. That, Some kind of material the, like that. that, that sound effect was definitely metal hitting metal i don't know um I, again if it was metal or ceramic it would be heavy like that would be a heavy fucking thing to hold that's why they i don't know maybe it's all fake maybe it's all the entire thing was cgi, CGI. yeah they just had them all s- sit there with their hand holding like the thing and just pretending that they were reaching over for hey, cards. listen there is going to be a time when there are going to be a, a holographic version of survivor what, there already has been Brett Samoa. Hey, he is beautiful <laughs> and CGI. No, he is perfect and beautiful, <laughs> and I will marry him. Oh my God. Um, Cassidy will get high but drops. Carla will have the lead and immediately have to start over. And I think the worst part would having to be picking up the cards each time they fail. Like that's the time-consuming part. Yeah, but I mean, at least at that point, you could just let go of everything and go gather stuff. Right. Um, it's 28 minutes in, and based on height, it's Carla and Cassidy and Sammy and Owen and Noel, but it's going to drop. Cassidy is close to the top. We'll need to use her knowledge of what she's learned, and her strategy will just be stack the cards. I don't know what the rules are, but I was worried she was about to not have enough cards based on what I saw left. Do we know, like, if you run out, like, you are out and you yeah. have to... You have to... I mean, that's what it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. If you don't... If you use all of your things, because I think they did that... Guatemala, I know they've done a lot of card challenges. I feel like it was like Guatemala where somebody like tried to create like this gigantic foundation and then ran out. Right. And Jeff was like, well, gotta start over. Too bad. In the end, Cassidy will hack the end of the challenge and win immunity. Cassidy has proven herself. She is capable of accomplishing all of her dreams and goals. And next up is winning. She is ready to be fulfilled. And good thing was Thanksgiving the next day because I'm sure she was fulfilled. (laughs) What did you have for Thanksgiving? I went over to a friend's. We had a little turkey and mashed potatoes. I made a green bean casserole from scratch and some wow. roasted veggies. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was a nice little little meal. Were you stuffed? I was stuffed in terms of full of food. I did not eat stuffing. Okay, just checking. It's back to the beach, and Noelle has a hiccup in her original plan as they cannot split the votes on Cassidy and Carla. It's time for a backup plan, but. She has to do it before Carla gets something going. As Carla and Cassidy go off, Gabler will tell Noelle that they are after her, and he thinks they will try to flip Cody and Jesse and possibly Sammy. Noelle will say that she can't trust the guy, meaning Sammy, with the James vote and Carla being in the know. Now she's feeling that she has a good relationship with Jesse and Cody in alliance with Omen and finds Gabler to be a straight-up guy, so she's 95% confident they're going to get out Carla. It's really sad listening to Noelle this episode. After that triumphant um, challenge, you're like, 
wow, she's doing so great. And then you're like, oh, 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 she's so silly. She's a silly goose. I don't think she's ever shown herself to be one with a high level of strategic acumen. I think she did one kind of fancy move last week and tricked James and maybe got a little too, maybe started overestimating her own strategic abilities Mm -hmm. um, because she was never really a strategic player. We didn't see that much early on. I don't think I ever got that from her. So I wasn't shocked. Now, Jesse and Cody will chat about Noelle targeting Carla as she has Sammy and Jesse and Owen, but Jesse knows that if they do this, Cassidy will not trust Jesse in the game and Noelle will then take Cassidy and then Jesse and Cody are screwed. So maybe not going for Carla. I don't think we really have heard that kind of like strategy talk that deep before. Like Jesse's very, very intellectual and, and able to express how the game is playing without yeah. us having to figure out how the game is being played. Yeah, Jesse Jesse works on several levels of, levels of strategy. We saw it last week when it was like the two tribals and he was planning out with Cody, like what happens if you do certain things, like what it, based on the first vote, what do we do? Why would we do this? Um, yeah, he's not thinking one step at a time. He's thinking several levels ahead, which is why I think this episode highlighted how well he is doing mm-hmm. in strategy. Now, Jesse had an emotional human moment with thanks to Noel, so it's hard to vote her out, but he's using those letters to make the best decision for him and his family back home. Jesse tells Cody that every time they box Noel in and picks, she picks up speed and they can't have it. He sees Noel as one of the best players as she keeps coming back with a new number one and coming back in the challenge. She will fight through and he thinks she'll turn on them as she might take out Carla and then target them next. So now they have to get out Noel, but he says, if you're going to blindside someone, you need to know how to do it. Let's go through the checklist of rules to a blindside. Don't you love when the editors are like, we're going to have fun with this. I saw it more as there wasn't this much, that much to work with this episode. So we're going to make a bit. (laughs) Wait, you're the negative one in this situation and not me. What happened? (laughs) Wow. All right. Checklist number one, have a cover story. He can tell that Noelle is on edge, so you have to have a cover story. And if you don't have a cover story for every conversation you have, she's going to start thinking things through. Very smart. Mm-hmm. So they will have a chat where she asks how his conversation with Cody was. He says that he was just giving him his idol back. Now we're going to pause there and I say, do we know if he did or is he just misleading Noelle where the idol actually is? Yeah, I'm unclear. I think the editors are leaving it unclear. They've done this with they already did this with Janine's. You know what I mean? They've left up a few idols in mystery between true, episodes. True. So, but I'm saying, based on the backstory side, is if Noelle ran that information to Cody, it, who would get caught? I don't think anybody would get caught. I don't. Based on the way Jesse's playing, I don't think he's leaving loose ends like that. And Cody is his closest ally, so mm-hmm. I don't think he's actually. I don't. I don't believe Jesse has any intentions to actually steal Cody's idol. He's just Fair. holding it for as long as. Cody lets him. <laughs> After telling her that they're good, she tells him to go talk to Sammy to see if he's 100% on board, which she was planning to do anyway. And he's hoping Noel will want to split the votes on Sammy as he's not seen as trustworthy by either side. He will help that along as he talks to Sammy. And Sammy will share that he doesn't want Carla to go just yet and thinks the people who were there on the reward are an easier route, but doesn't think they can get to the end with Noel which will lead to checklist number two. Always have a fall guy to throw under the bus. Now back to Noelle as she asks Jesse if Sammy will vote for her or Carla. And he says, 
He tells her he thinks he would, but the thing is, he said he wanted to go with him, but was going to take a shot at her. Sammy has successfully been thrown under the bus. So now it's a split vote. Three Baca votes on Carla, three on Sammy. And now let's have Jesse chat with Carla, where he tells her that they are splitting on her and Sammy. And he says they are scared she has an idol. So how many votes on Noel? He tells her him, her, Cody, cast four, three, Noel. They have to go get Gabler. Checklist number three. Have a backup plan. Gabler and Jesse talk where he thinks it's Carla and Sammy, to which Jesse is like Cody was hoping they would vote for Noel. Is he okay blindsiding Noel? Well, he has to think about it. And I was like, oh no, Gabler, don't do that. He says that his relationship with Owen and Sammy would be torched by voting out Noel. He wants to start thinking about the jury. So Jesse has decided Gabler might be smart, so he has to make this make sense to him as he needs Gabler to envision himself in a good place in the game, perhaps the power position. Jesse will guide Gabler that Noel had a friend, Justine. They got her. Then a friend, Dwight. They got him. Then a friend, Owen. She did a big move in front of the jury. She's the target. She is a warrior who keeps coming back. So it's set. Jesse has everything in place to blindside Noel. Time to sit back and watch it play out. Cody and Jesse think they're steering the ship. Everything is right. See the Noel or Carla, right? Let's throw a wrench into the tripod. <laughs> Somehow, Gabler has grown a brain. He will tell Carla that he's concerned with Jesse and Cody and have to deal with them. He says that Jesse made a real quick move, but he does not like to be surprised minutes before tribal as he's about to try to surprise somebody else. And I was like, sir, I'm on to you. He tells Carla that they have done several big blindsides and they're about to do another one, so it's time to figure it out. Do you think there was a world in which the power couple of Jesse and Cody could have been broken up by Gabler in this vote? No. I think Gabler's laying seeds for the future. It would have been the best possible move if he knew sooner. Yeah, if he, this probably was the opportunity because I don't think everybody knows that Cody and Jesse between them have two idols, but they do. No. Not a chance. Um, so it's getting dicey in terms of opportunities to get rid of those boys. <laughs> so, like, obviously, there's hidden immunity idols out there. Is there like hidden brains? Did like he have a brain transplant? Like, what happened? How did they, how did he finally get this in his head and be like, ha, them? I think he's had a strategy from the beginning where we've seen that he is weird, he doesn't fit in. He knows this about himself, but he also just sort of is present a lot, whether he's laying around sick or whether he's the weird swing vote. So he's in all the conversations or whatever. He's finding ways to place himself in situations where he sees a lot of information flying about or he can just observe people. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe he actually has observational skills and he's putting them to use. So so I don't know. Maybe it's been his strategy the whole game. Gabler's edit, Gabler's yeah. edit post-merge is like the best edit of everyone post-merge. It's His pre-merge was terrible, but like, I don't, it's, I don't know what to think about him. Like there's a it's world where Ellie I can see him sucked. winning and it's confusing. Ellie sucked. Yeah. Ellie sucked the happiness out of everybody. Don't cast any more psychologists that are female and mean. Oh my God. I don't, she was, I don't know if she was mean. Same. I think uh, Ellie just was Michelle with crazier eyes, but. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, I mean, am I wrong? You hate people from New Jersey. I just hate New Jersey. <laughs> <gasps> How rude. 
All right, we're going to get to travel where Jeff wants to start with the reward challenge. It's because he knows how Noel has done. He will say that it was one of the best displays of determination he's ever seen and asked Noel if she's had a moment to reflect on how she might have inspired someone. She says she may reach that one little kid who might have a disability and going through a difficult time and they get to see her struggling and overcome it. It's a huge reason why she's out there. Andrew, what's your reason for being out there? I just want to play the game. Would you say that? And Jeff would be like, okay, we're going to take that shot again. Andrew, what's your reason to be No, I think Jeff would just move on. (laughs) He'd be like, well, you're not giving me the Emmy speech. Nope, nope, nope. Now, Jesse says that Noel has heard him talk about his family and kids and that the only reason why he was able to read the letters is because of Noel, who made him ugly cry on national television. Um, I can't wait to see you ugly cry on national TV. Why do you think that would happen? Because you would get so close to the end and you would feel victory within your sight. Oh, I don't, I don't think I would cry about losing. No? And if I did, think about it. It's me. Would you, it would, would you, be a pretty cry. Would, oh, that's fair. <laughs> would you cry about winning? Uh, maybe. Probably not in the moment, though. It would probably See, come like four days later, so it wouldn't be I would camera. cry in the moment and be like, <gasps> no, oh do you know God, what I would cry? Oh my God, there's so many taxes being taken out right now. No, do you know what I would cry? It would be when I have 500 press people trying to get me to schedule an interview with them and I have to do all these things and I don't want to. That's when I would cry. Andrew not committing to doing something? What? I don't want to talk to people. I know. That's why you leave me on red every single night. That's so what I, I do. To, I have to talk to my body. Well, tomorrow. when you text me at 1.30 a.m., I'm sleeping. <laughs> I've texted you earlier you than You have. There, I just don't check my phone a lot. It's fine. It's fine. It's because you have your own survivor people to watch and talk about. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Jeff will ask Gabler what part of the surgery they're at right now. And he says they lost wire capture. They are kind of back in the aorta trying to re-recross the stenotic valve. Is this what Jeff was asking for? Is he just making shit up? No, I think it's what he was asking for. I think Jeff is really trying to shove these metaphors into tribal councils at this point. Jeff, during 41, had this same sort of unhinged level of enthusiasm. But because it was the first one back, It was like this cute, endearing dad energy where he was just so excited to be playing the game again with his kids. And I appreciated it. Now, uh, Jeff, it's too much. Please stop. Please stop forcing metaphors because the players already are in a bad habit of doing too many metaphors. You don't need to add more. (laughs) Well, I hope you've been practicing how you can make um, Survivor and Acapella go hand in hand. I cannot. Well, you better get on it. Nope. Now, Gabler says they are trying to figure things out as they are a bit, they had a bit of a shakeup going on, but he thinks he knows what's going down, but it's crazy. Noel says everyone has their own version of how it will pan out. So you have to rely on the conversations you've had, but it's tough as you think you know someone, but you could be totally wrong. Owen says trust will determine the vote as trust rises to the top. And he would like to think that the plan he thinks is going to happen is going to happen, but it's going to be proven that it's not always the case, but he feels okay. Owen likes to use words repetitively. He, he, he's very poetic, but also um, not. Mm-hmm. Owen's another one who's a little bit non-committal to things, and I think that includes speech. Yes. <laughs> now, Jeff is going to try to relate all this to negotiating for a car, but never signing a contract to locking it in. We're really running out of metaphors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it's there kidding. a car salesman out there? Are we? Is this the revival of Brian Heideck? Oh, God. Who's going to shoot the puppy? 
Listen, he it's Jeff. He brought it up. He must be mourning. He must be in love with Brian and needs him again. I mean, no, he just misses Boston Rob, let's be honest. Jesse says trust is the currency out there, and you have to trust the people with the biggest bills, though you can't spend the time to check the bills for fraud money. Um, could you imagine if there was a black light out there? Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> what what would you use it for? Okay, Party just a time. rave every night. Yeah, absolutely. Cody says strategy talk through changes throughout the day, person by person, hour by hour. The conversation you have at hour 12 is not the same one you have at hour 14. It all depends on if they have the same body language and if it's changed. Again, look at Cody being intuitive and also reminding us you're out there for like a long time. Hour 12, hour 14? Mm-hmm. What do you do for that long? Sit. Do you think anyone's built a sandcastle? Yes. Can I do that? Yes. What kind of sandcastle would you build? Would you build like a big fortress with like a moat? No. I would do a single mound and then I would start digging a hole in the center of it to make a door so I could pretend it's like a castle even though it's mediocre. And then in doing the door, it would collapse and I would give up and walk away. It sounds like Survivor. (laughs) Sammy says the game is hard because you could leave a conversation feeling good, but if they go talk to someone else for too long, you wish they looked at you like that. Gabler thinks that most of them are killers and working with silencers. And who are the killers? Everybody. There are no grenades. It's precision targets, and the bullet will be fired and hit that mark, and he thinks it will be hit. Don't tease me like this, man. Don't say that's not going to happen. I, I, I want... I Also, like, um, the guns, silencers. Maybe we should not have gun metaphors anymore. You know... No one needs a gun! Oh, I, I'm aware. That's my think... political stance on Survivor. On Survivor specifically. No, really all in life. That's yeah. my stance. I've said this a million times, not to get into a giant gun debate, but I've said this a million times. Originally, like 10 years ago, when the whole like real gun discussion started launching in and we had like Sandy Hook and that kind of really initiated the conversation on a national level. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm willing to compromise, you know, like hunting rifles and blah, blah, blah. I understand some people do it for sport and whatever. And I was like trying to like, be that like middle ground come to a compromise where we would actually get legislation through person and the further on we have gone without changing a single thing and more people dying like all right america's a toddler and the toy needs to be taken away entirely i agree i've been that way for a very long time like i grew up not having guns like my mom would not even let me have like a toy gun as a child so it's not like it's a learned thing yeah that's what it is Carla says what makes people nervous is not hearing people coming for you. You hope you get to see and hope you get to know who it is before it's too late. Noelle's going to piggyback and say that someone in the group has an idol and it's a reason why they're playing like a silent killer assassin as you don't know what's out there and it could be a 100% miss. If Tribal goes the way he wants it to go, Jesse says it will lay the foundation for the rest of his game and he will quote his son by saying, get that money, baby. Is that the winner's line? No. Oh, okay. Uh, not that I'm saying Jesse can't win. If anybody had a winner's line this episode, it was Cassidy. The Barf. I've achieved all of my dreams except for winning. That would be a winner's quote. No, no. It is time to vote. There are no idols, no advantages being played and by a vote of five to two to one. Noel is voted out. Let's dissect it, shall we? Voting for Noel were Cassidy, Cody, Gabler, Jesse, and Carla. Sammy and Owen voted for Carla. Noel votes for Sammy. Let's break this apart. How did we end up with these people voting the way they did? 
Was it a full blindside or was Sammy and Owen blindsided on this as well? Yeah, Sammy and Owen were blindsided. Owen is a close ally of Noel's, so they're not going to tell him. And he doesn't have close enough ties that somebody is going to fill him in the way Sammy did Carla last round. And Sammy is now has been talked about by everyone as a flipper. So you're absolutely not going to tell somebody who spoiled the James vote to Carla last episode about this vote when it's a blindside. So I think they were all three blindsided and they are. But didn't we have earlier in this episode, Sammy saying he was going to vote out Noel? When? I think he was ready to vote out Noel when Carla was the other option. And yet he's here. He is voting for Carla. And he, we he also was, had two. I thought the only thing we really heard from Sammy was the reward challenge with Noel, where he said he wasn't going to flip again. Fair, but like also every single time the past two three weeks, Carla, 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 she's my number one. She's the most important person to me. And you're going to vote her out? Like wait, what? What just happened? Sammy's a flipper. <laughs> His game is so tanking at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, Gabler in on the vote. Yep, voting with Cody and Jesse. Yep, he's ready to go now and flip. Yep, so he can take Cassidy and Carla with him. Yep, and he can take. I mean, Sammy. I actually think if Gabler gets to the end with Owen and Sammy, that's how he wins. I mean, he did mention that in the preview next next week on as the three of them as the final three. Yep. Um. Obviously, this episode was very emotional. Um, it was very Noel-centric in a good boot episode. Like, I don't think we've ever seen someone have such a good boot episode. Uh-huh. Um, but Jesse was the star of this episode. It was interesting because for me, I've said this every time I've been on the pod, I'm an edit analyzer. I mm-hmm. cannot remove it from my brain ever since I started doing it 15 seasons ago or whatever. Um, so... For me, this episode is either Jesse's coronation, like this is where his winner edit really is mm-hmm. like, winner's edit, he's the winner, here we go, we're going to show you how he gets there. Or this is setting him up as the Omar or Shan of this season that the winner will ultimately take out. Right. I, I think, I mean, lead, leading up to our burning question, let's just ask this one now, who's in danger, girl? I think next week, if it's, it, it, this could be the week to get jesse out like this would be the opportunity to do it yep. otherwise i don't think he's going to have the numbers to make that happen um i would say in danger is jesse um cody is potential collateral if mm-hmm. if there is any suspicion that jesse has an idol or the idol might get played for because Je- i think they know there is one idol yeah i think they know about cody's idol um and so there they could be you know there could be collateral. So I think either of Cody or Jesse could be considered in danger. I think Sammy could be in danger. Yeah. I could say that's Sammy probably going. where I would. Yeah. Um, what's Noel's legacy? I mean, I think Noel's legacy was like she said, she's the first above the knee amputee to ever play on survivor. And she showed an incredible amount of capability that, even against a show that's giving you no additional accommodations, uh, you can still achieve things. You can last a very long time. You're just as human as everybody else. Uh, you're just as able to make mistakes as everybody else. I think she showed a lot of humanity. Um, and that ultimately is a positive thing. Absolutely. After 10 episodes, the winner is. Duh. 
Look, I'm I thought still, about this a lot coming into it. Um, I'm still going with Carla. Uh, maybe it's my biasy here, um, but I love Carla. I th- this would be the first week where I'm like, ooh, now she's not getting yeah. as much attention as she did. Yeah. Um, I also not a great say Jesse, but I don't know. I, I here's I my thing. Also, yeah, go ahead. Of the seven remaining, five of them could have a winner's edit. I don't see a path for Sammy at this point. No, and I don't no. see a path for Owen. Every single other one of them could win. There is a way that they could win this game. If I had to come down to two right now, I'm between Carla and Cody, I think, actually. With Jesse probably being the close third of, if this is his coronation episode, then nobody's got a chance against him. If he gets taken out by something, you know, it's 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 one or sure. the other with, with Jesse. Carla and Cody, I think my heart is still with Carla. And I'm still holding on to her excellent pre-merge. And I really like her. And she's probably the one I want to win. But my head is worried because she's been very quiet since the merge. And she's had a lot less agency in her game since the merge. And so that makes me think Cody. Um, But Cassidy's getting all these random quotes and is the only one talking about not voting out, you know, women (laughs) as women continue to get voted out this episode. Um... And is getting a couple of moves that she's pulling off that she's getting credit for. So like she's coming up and then Gabler has the best edit since the merge started. And has look, we hear him trying to form a final three that I think he could win. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's up and in that's the air. What's interesting because we love when uncertainty is on the show, when we yes. don't know who's going to win the game. We love when that happens. Unfortunately, I, there's only one person I want to win. Yeah, I just don't like anyone enough. And that's rare. So what is it? Is it the casting? Is it the way the game was played? Is it the speed of the game? Why did it work in the past two seasons, but not this one? I think it's all of the above. Um, I do think it's Owen said it towards the beginning of like or during the reward that everything has been relentless in the game. And I think the shortened time period has contributed to this. I think... Mm-hmm. Just the fact that it's modern survivor and strategy has evolved several levels contributed sure. to this. And I think the sheer number of twists has contributed to this. Um, that it's people are constantly on high alert and have to be strategizing at all times because things are flying left and right and the game is quick. Um, and I think that allows for less people's personalities in the game. I think it allows for less human moments. Um and I do, you know, I probably think there is something with this cast, like the cast of 42 popped to me a lot more than this cast ever did um so i don't know i think it's a combo of all of it so basically survivor needs to cast someone within my circle of friends because my people are amazing <laughs> yeah that's we'll take that that'll yeah, be there it we go. I, it's right. it's a statement that i have been more excited about this season of the amazing race than i've been excited about the seasons i've been more invested in contestants from the amazing race season than i have in the survivors contestants and that has like almost never happened yeah so where are you with drag race then which what's what's on right now i'm not watching well, anything we, so uh, we, we just finished uk4 i didn't watch it are you gonna watch I, season 15 probably i might also watch canada versus the world if i can find somewhere to watch it but we'll see on your laptop uh my laptop's broken i'm kidding <gasps> <laughs> it's, i'm like, using, I'm using it right now <laughs> 
Must be a magical laptop. It um, is. With that being said, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, to get Andrew a better laptop and any <laughs> projects you want to plug? <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Orsi. I don't really use them that much. But if you feel like following me, hey, go for it. Uh, and then uh, I'll plug Black to Gold, like I always do. Um, you can follow us at Black to Gold Music on Instagram. I think on TikTok, we're at B2G Music. Uh, we just released an album, October 1st. Yeah. We released our first full-length album, nine songs, one original. It's very cool. Very proud of it. You can stream it on all streaming platforms and it's excellent. So that's... are you going to have more events for people to attend? There's not on the books right now because we will just did be, two. Will there be a national tour? <laughs> no, not at the moment. International tour? Everything I have booked is like school assemblies. I don't think you should just, I, I should not just invite people to wander into school assemblies. <laughs> no, that's probably not a good idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, well, I hope next time I'm around and there's an event, I will be able to attend. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. A big thank you to Andrew for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.